So I know where I want to end up. I know where my practice, like I have a vision for that, that someday I'll get there, right, through constant improving. And I broke that down to, well, where do I think I can get to in five years? Where can I get to in one year? What is the most important thing I can do today to help go in that direction? to another episode of Behind the Lens with Roger Rojas. And today's guest is my dentist. Uh, Dr. Nadler is from Long Island, New York. He attended SUNY Buffalo. Um, he joined Nadler Dentistry in 2011 when he was 26 with his father, who's been a dentist now for over 45 years. That was not a typo. You heard me. His father has been a dentist for over 45 years and is still working till this day. He's a father of two, and he has insane work ethic towards how he runs his business and his own life. He wakes up every morning at 5 a.m. to be at the gym for when the doors open at 5.30. Uh, he's a fellow of International College of Dentists, which only 3% of all dentists in the world get invited to. It's an, or- it's an organization that is focused on giving back to the profession and community. Doc, I am so excited to have you on my podcast. Roger, I'm excited as well. Um, so yeah, I just want to, you know, I gave a brief backing of who you are and you know, what you have going on, but I, I would say we are working towards a bunch of stuff with the office, um, putting what I like to say a makeover towards dentistry and how people view dentistry and, you know, being able to work with you, I'm excited, but more so I think everything that you have going on, you know, from, you know, we just redesigned the website towards your you just had a daughter a second one you know god has blessed you with that and you know towards you know being distinguished now the international college of dentists you know that just happened right how long ago that just happened this past uh september it was quite the honor being around so many people that have done so much for the profession and the values that they have was really inspiring yeah, and I think that's a big reason why I brought you on. So my podcast is focused on entrepreneurs and creatives, people who I believe have great work ethic. Um, they stand by what they say, and most importantly, they're doing it day in and day out. You know, you run a dentist office here in the heart of New York City in Midtown Manhattan. Can't be any crazier, right? It's pretty crazy. Yeah, and it's pretty crazy. And you're consistently not only running the business, but you're showing up, right? And I think that's something I would love for you to touch on. That you came into a family business, your father at the time, you know, had that dentistry, um, and I believe not only have you stepped up, but like now you're raising the bar. So speaking about, uh, I guess first off, what was that experience with getting into uh, a family business? Because I know a lot of entrepreneurs out there, they either want to stay away from it, or kind of like, how can I elevate it? So what are some things that you've experienced on your end when you came into the office? And you told yourself, like, how can I improve this? How can I help my father? So when I came in, um, the business was doing great and everything was good. And I I didn't really know much about it, what to improve. And I was very fortunate to come into such a uh, successful, thriving practice. But as the years went, went on and I started taking on more patients, more difficult cases, I started to hone in my focus and started shifting the practice's focus. It's more of an extension of of me now and what I believe in. So my goal is to reshape the the way patients view dentistry 
and the care that doctors in New York give their patients. Yeah, and I think that's so great on that one last part, which is customer service, the experience. No one that I know, I'm kind of weird, and I know my sister could agree to this with her experiences too, is that I genuinely enjoy going to the dentist. I love to hear that. that because it's the idea of me going into something knowing when I walk out, I'm going to be better. And meaning my teeth are going to be cleaner. You know, I'll feel more excited. I already smile a lot. So now it's elevating that, right? You certainly do. Yeah. And so, so I think that's so important because I'm sure you see that all the time where people have their heads down. They don't want to be there. They're taking time out of work, right? Uh, it could be good or bad, but they you know, it's kind of that pressure. How do you lean towards raising the experience of someone who's coming into your office? Like what, what are some things that you do? So some things that I do. Well, clearly, if you do a big cosmetic makeover, you can change someone's life. You can give them confidence and they can feel great about themselves and have a healthy mouth. But the focus of my practice and where I've shifted our, everything is towards prevention and providing a service that people have never had before. We've introduced new technologies and as well as incorporating some older ones that people just aren't focused on anymore. Yeah. Our goals are to help people keep their teeth, their intraoral, meaning the health of their mouth, yeah. to a really high standard so they can live their life not only looking good, feeling good, being able to function well forever. Yeah, that's the whole point, right? Like longevity. So you're talking about prevention, and you brought up technology. I know you look like a kid in the candy store. Uh, you took a selfie and sent it to me when you got that machine. I don't. I still don't know the name, but <laughs> I just know that you took pictures of mouth, and then it was like a 3D model in the machine. What was that? Can you talk about that? Because I've never seen that in a dentist's office. Before. Yes, yes. So a few years ago, I decided that we had to go digital. We were already digital x-rays, we were digital photography, we were digital records, but we went into 3D scanning. So the scan that we did for you was a company called 3Shape, and the scan is amazing, it's true color, the accuracy is unbelievable, and we can upload the file onto the computer. You could use it for so many things. Recently, we incorporated a new scanner that it's called Itero. Okay. It's actually an Israeli company that Invisalign bought out a few years ago. And there's a really amazing feature on this scanner. And I use this scanner almost primarily for this. Mm-hmm. You can take a 3D image. Right. And then a couple of years later, take the image again. The computer will overlay the two, superimpose them, and show what's going on with the mouth. Within could, minutes. Within minutes. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, I remember you told me that something like that would take a couple days, right? To If you normally, without that machine? Oh, no. In the past, it just wasn't possible. Okay. We used to take, we used to take photographs. We'd look in the mouth. We'd look at the screen. We'd look at the mouth. We'd ask the patient, was that there? We looked. Did things change? We never really knew. So it was always a ballpark. Yes. Yeah, but that's yeah. how the dentistry world was functioning due to the technology. Exactly. Was it was subjective. Now it's objective. Wow. It either is or it isn't. That's right? Great. If you're chipping, wearing your teeth, your teeth are shifting, 
with a computer algorithm, it will just tell you. You'll see it. So we've incorporated this into all of our hygiene visits now. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to know that our diagnosis are as accurate as possible so we can do as little treatment for our patients as they absolutely need to be as healthy as they possibly can be. And I think that just goes back to what you said at the beginning, which was the experience. If you're doing less, that means you know if they have a bad tooth or whatever it may be, they have less pain. Yes, right? Yes. That they're walking out of there quicker. Save people time. They'll love you even more. Yes. Treat, treating problems when they're small and uh, fixing them in that way will help patients immensely. Can you touch on running a business now for your father's been a dentist for over 45 years? That's right. Um, you've been a dentist it's coming close to 10, right? Yes. And... The idea of, you know, someone like myself, a lot of it's on the internet. But you're brick and mortar. You're, you, you have that space. you got costs, overhead, uh, employees that count on you. And I think something great that when I was last there, I learned that most of your staff has been with you for five plus years minimum. So my office manager is 39 years okay. in my office. Uh, one of my hygienists is in my office for 20 years. I have assistants there for 20 years, 15 years. What are you doing that keeps them there? So we are a patient-centric office, meaning that we do everything we possibly can to provide our patients with the best care. Like what? So we're hygiene, fluoride treatments, remineralization therapies. We follow up with our patients uh, night of if a treatment is... We think they might have any sort of discomfort or so problems. So it's that constant, like, what, you know, servicing them. Oh, such a high level. They have my cell phone. They can reach me whenever they need to. Um, but uh, not just that. We focus on patient-centric care, but we also take really good care of our staff because our staff are so vitally important to the care that we provide. They help with everything. They understand the treatments that are going in. You can't replace the experience that they have. And they believe in what I believe in, which is providing the best possible treatment and optimized care specifically designed for our individual patients. Mm -hmm. That's great. Now that you spoke about customer service and the experience, which I think are so important, I think another major factor when it comes to running a business is the dedication that comes with it. How do you stay motivated personally to show up every single day and see, you know, you're in a people business, so you got to be on your A-game. You're going to every day, every, every single day. Like you can't have an off day. You have an off day and you lose someone's two. I don't know. You you tell me, (laughs) I don't even know what would happen. You know, How, how do you, what are some things that you do? That I personally would love to know. You know, I think that's amazing. One that you wake up at five a.m. I think that shows personal dedication to your own health, and that you understand that functioning now is imperative towards your future. You know, creating that mental kind of focus to do that every single day. Having two kids, I can't even imagine. And what What are some things that you do to prepare yourself for you know the work day? So my life is basically divided between three categories right now. Um, the morning, my work schedule, and my evening. My work day, roughly from 8.30 to 6, I am dedicated to my work, my patients, my staff, and doing things to the level that 
we're used to providing. In the evenings, I'm dedicated to my family and my two children, my two little girls. So they do you get, put your phone away? I, I do. Okay. I do. When I can. I, it comes back out when they fall asleep. A but bit, but yeah. I do put it away when I play okay. with my so girls. So you're present because I think that's so important. Now something I'm personally battling. Uh, I, I, I know I'm improving on it. Like sitting at a dinner table. I'll, I put it in my jacket now. Whereas yeah. before, every now and then, I'll put it out. You get the you get the vibrate. You're like, oh, someone's calling you. Yeah, but the connection you're going to make with the people that you're talking to is so much stronger if you put it away. And I don't want my little girls to say, "Daddy was always distracted looking at his phone." Wow. When you know he should have been playing with me or teaching wow. me something. So when I'm with them, I only get a few hours with them every day, uh, and that's after work. So that's it. So during the workday, it's work. At night. It's my family, my wife, and my two girls. And the morning is me time. So fitness has always been important to me. So I make time for it. So that's why I get up at 5. It's not natural for me. I had to work very hard at it. But it's becoming, uh, now it's a habit. Yeah, it's a habit that you can't let go. I don't want to let it go. Yeah. And aside from uh, having that 5 a.m. habit, a a topic that I believe is important. I, I don't know if I've ever asked you, do you meditate at all? Or do, do you I have tried of, like, prayer, or do you have any of those like those uh, mental kind of breaks with yourself? It's my morning and my evening walk to and from work. Cool. So I live actually right off a subway line. It would take me right to the office. Got it. And I never use it. I walk to work, and I walk home from work every day. What is roughly? What is that distance? A mile. About? A little more. It's about okay. a mile and a half each way. So I do three miles and it takes me about a half hour each way. So I have an hour of my day where in the morning I'm focusing on what I need to do for the day. Mm-hmm. And I also do some of that while I'm working out in the mornings. But I'm focused. A, ca- a calendar overview or a day overview? I do the half hour into the office I do for the day. Mm-hmm. Right, And I have a list of my priorities that sit on my desk that I review every morning when I get to work. Who creates that list? You do? I do on the weekend, on Sunday before every week I create it. And then on my walk home, I basically clear my head of anything that needed to be taken care of. I make sure all my loose ends are tied up. And by the time I get home, my headphones, my phone all get put away and I'm there for my family. That's great. And how long would you say consistently you've been having that? 5 a.m., morning, personal time, work time, evening, phone away. Consistently? Eight months. Eight months. I used to work out um, all the time, 5 a.m. I had an injury. injury for I had an injury. And then when my um, first child was born... Yeah. Um, I was a little exhausted in the beginning. I didn't get used to that, you know, yeah. interrupted sleep patterns. Yeah. And that took some time. But before my second daughter was born, I made a, a commitment to all of this, to, to, to myself, to be there for my family, to be there for myself, and to be there for my patients. And I've, I have been. I've been true to that. That's great. You know, I believe it. You've been that way with me every time. So I, I 100% believe every word. And do you, do you journal at all? I don't. Okay. I used I, to. I think something really important um, I want to share with the viewers, the listeners, is that uh, I remember I was talking to you about like 2020 goals a couple weeks ago, and you had a self-reflection moment, um, and you told me, you, you said, 
to write them down. And I don't know if you want to reiterate that. I thought that was so powerful because sometimes, you know, I'm, take, I'm taking pieces of your words, but essentially you were like, if you don't write them down, they're just a dream. Yeah, more or less. So if you mean journal them, I actually, I write down my yearly goals, my someday goals, my monthly goals, my weekly goals. Those are all written down. And how and do you I, break that down? What, what, how do you make that decision of what's a monthly goal, what's a weekly goal? Because personally, like myself, mm-hmm. you can feel so overwhelmed. It's real. It is actually really difficult, and you have to keep breaking it down until it's very specific. So I know where I want to end up. I know where my practice, like I have a vision for that. That someday I'll get there, right? Through constant improving, and I broke that down to, well, where do I think I can get to in five years? Where can I get to in one year? Mm-hmm. What is the most important thing I can do today to help go in that direction? So my goals are. Not necessarily to get the result, but it's to keep a focus on what's important. Mm-hmm. So every time I you know, knock down one domino, I'm closer to where I want to go. Focus on the vision. Focus on what you, what you see on the path. Yes, and break it down into the smallest unit that you can accomplish and get it done. And then just move to the next. When you now... You know, you have a brick and mortar dentistry in the heart of Midtown Manhattan. Your father, 45 plus years of dentistry. Uh, I believe you said he's now down to a couple couple days a week. He still comes in. So he comes down three days a week. He works Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. How does he do it? I I just, I'm still, correct me if I'm wrong, he doesn't have to, right? He does not have to. And he he still does it. Do you, do you, I'm laughing because I've, the, there's a Warren Buffett quote that says, the moment you stop working is the day you die. So and he did, sometimes it's innate in people that's, that, that's their identity, which is serving. And that's evident dentistry. That's what it's about. You're, you're changing people's lives. You're, you change your smile, you change your life in, in some way or another. Yeah. Well, and, some of the relationships that he's built with his patients are 40 years old. He's had patients that started with him. You know, so they're there 45 years. We see their their kids, some of their grandkids even. So he feels a loyalty and a closeness to them um, when he comes into the office and he sees them. Um, I might be doing their hygiene check. I might be looking. He's coming in anyway because he's, you know, developed a very close relationship with a lot of these people. And he still very much enjoys what he does. And he's operating at a high level. Yeah. And I, I think that's just so important. You brought it up at the beginning of customer experience, and it's evident that your father has been doing that for so long, creating those real long-lasting relationships. This is not just they're walking in, they're getting a clean-up goodbye. I'm sure, and I've seen it with you and him. You spend five, ten minutes when they get there. You you know work on their teeth, and then you spend another five, ten minutes talking to them afterwards. Yeah, this is not a high-volume, high-turnover type office. Not at all. So we like to spend time. We like to make sure things are done a specific way. And we care about our patients. Yeah. Is there anything besides right now, this moment? I know we have so much planned. You know, right after, it's, it's exciting, after this podcast, we're going to be filming your first official podcast. I'm so yeah, excited. to You know, to tell your story. And I believe the biggest thing is you have so much knowledge in the dentistry world to educate other people aspiring to become dentists who are in the dentist world kind of just 
help them out as steps go. You know, you'll be launching workshops at your office. Uh, the podcast itself is going to be killer. Um, and, you know, getting you more involved with, I guess, the social and online world. Uh, besides you running your office, you know, being the amazing father that you are, is there anything that you feel that would up Nadler Dentistry to a whole new world? So what I'm asking is your vision with what you see your office becoming. In a perfect world, where would that be? In a, so, in a perfect world, so... I guess I'm going to share a little bit of my my grandiose vision is to spread my values and my father's values and Nadler Dentistry's values to other dentists so that more patients, more people can be treated the way we feel they should. And I don't think that that's happening in New York City. I think the focus is not where it should be. You know, Everybody wants to do these big cases and people are not necessarily thinking – well, what happens in 30 years from now for this person? What happens in 40 years? What is the long-term consequences of what we're doing today? Right? And you, you really have to consider that. So I would like to spread my values on patient care and service. I love that. If there's one thing that no one knew about Nadler, Dr. Nadler, what would it be? You know... <laughs> That's a good question. Just something that nobody knew about me. I don't know if I've got an answer for you. That's right. I think I'm pretty much an open book. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I'm pretty transparent. So whatever's on my mind, yeah. You know, I freely share. Do you eat candy? Do I eat candy? Unfortunately, yes. And it's the holiday time, so people have given me. Boxes and boxes of chocolates. One of them sits right by my desk and it is so very it is very quickly emptying. Yeah. They're disappearing. Great. I think that's great. Okay, Doc, thank you so much for coming on. And you know, I, I'm we're filming this. This is stopped. We're, we're gonna end this real quick and then we're gonna start yours. Yeah. To launch the first one. Have, have we I don't think we've discussed the name. Should we talk about it now? No, no, let's let's leave something to their imagination. Okay. But it's more along the lines of a story that a story of an office that cares, and I want to call it the New York City Dentist. Okay, so we just that's the name. That's the name. Okay, so you guys heard it here first on my podcast, the New York City Dentist. Yeah, Doc, thank you so much for coming on. It's been it's been a pleasure, and you are, I have to say, absolutely inspiring. Thank you. Thank you. I, I paid him uh, $25 to say that on my podcast, everyone listening. Uh, you know, I got, I got to put... No, I'm just kidding. And $10 per like. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So one more time, thank you guys so much for listening to Behind the Lens Podcast with our guest, Dr. Nadler, the number one dentist in New York City, in my opinion, the world. Um, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave me a review. Tell me, you know, what did you love about this episode and what are some more things that you would love to hear so one more time, thank you for listening to Behind the Lens Podcast. We'll